1: podcast true crimes and story times i'm michelle i'm kirsten
0: and it's my true crime yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) it's your true crime
1: or your true crime episode
0: it's my true crime episode not my true crime she didn't make these crimes no i did not (laughs) and i'm not involved (laughs) whatsoever um anything we need to get into before we get started
1: nope what do you say rate review subscribe
0: heck yeah all right, so today I'm going over the case of Molly Bish. Um, I feel like I've heard of this name before. Probably. It's a pretty popular case. Um,
1: but, like, the the case doesn't... I don't... Can't it doesn't, think, like of, think of anything. Yeah, I can't okay. think of anything, but the name does sound familiar. Yeah.
0: It's a pretty popular case, I would say. So, I mean, you might have already heard of it, mm-hmm. but... I may some th- say some things that maybe you didn't find in another okay. podcast. So, okay. So let's just get started. So Molly was born on August 2nd of 1983 and she had blue eyes and blonde hair. That's really about all I could find out about okay. her. She was a minor and she was 16 when she disappeared. So couldn't really find a whole lot about her just because mm-hmm. she's a minor. Okay. The only other thing I could find is when... Molly was about a year old. Her family did live in Detroit, Michigan, and a young woman had been abducted while walking home from work and was later found murdered near their neighborhood. Yikes. So, they ended up moving to Warren, Michigan, where the crime we're going to talk about takes place. Okay. Um, Warren had a population of 4,800, so not very many people at all. mm um, Molly was now 16 years old. Okay. okay. So, we're jumping. Time jumping. Up. Um, she had gotten her first job as a lifeguard at Commons Pond in Warren, Michigan. Which it looks like a pretty place for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Yeah. I would, I would swim there. Me too. Um, and like I assume there's like a designated place to swim. At most lakes and ponds yeah. they have it like roped off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I assume that's where she was. Okay. So the pond is sort of isolated. It's kind of surrounded by mostly woods. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty nice place to hang out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Molly's mother would later say, quote, "Molly was very proud to be a lifeguard. She worked very hard for that, and she did get this position at Warren Pond. It's a beautiful location, but it's surrounded by woods and it is somewhat isolated." End quote. Okay. So on June twenty-six of two thousand, Maggie, Molly's mother, dropped her off at work. Um, when she was going to drop molly off she did notice there was a man sitting in a white car in the parking lot when she dropped her off
1: weird okay
0: so he was smoking a cigarette and she said that she did look at him but he didn't acknowledge her at all at this point um i don't know how weird i would find it a man sitting in a parking lot at the pond
1: yeah it really depends on if you can see
0: the pond or not because if you're just chilling in your car like looking at the pond but you also can catch an off vibe when somebody's off. Yeah. You
1: know what I'm There's saying? There's definitely a vibe. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I feel like when I'm out in public mm-hmm. and I I can always feel when something is off. Yeah. like sense I get when you. something is off or something is weird. Mm-hmm. I
0: agree. So she ended up escorting Molly to her post that day at the lifeguard post and just figured the man would be gone when she returned. Okay. But the man was still there when she got back. So, they had apparently made eye contact several, for several seconds as she's walking back to her car. Um, Maggie ended up sitting in her car and waited for the man to leave because she was concerned for Molly's safety right mm-hmm. now. So, after several minutes, he left and um, Maggie would later say she did find his presence to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but she just put it in the back of her mind and, like, went about her day because,
1: I mean, he left, so not a big deal. It, it could have been a situation where maybe he did have bad intentions Mm -hmm. and he was sitting there like waiting for her to leave and then Mm -hmm. he was like oh she's probably waiting for me to leave because we made eye contact like yeah she knows i'm sitting here right so maybe he left for a while and came back maybe i don't know so to the next day we're gonna
0: we're on june 27th now okay um same year um maggie went to go drop molly off and she was in the parking lot she didn't see the man there So, the only thing she noticed in the parking lot, there was a truck unloading sand for the beach. So, she felt Molly was safe because there was workers unloading sand onto the beach and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, they would be around where Molly is. So, she figured she was safe and she could go ahead and head home. Okay. Um, This was only Molly's seventh day at work, by the way. Okay. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Um, So, after a few hours, after she dropped Molly off, Maggie got a phone call from the police Several people reported there was no lifeguard at the pond. Hmm. But how could that be? Because she had just dropped Molly off a few hours ago. hmm So Maggie rushed back to Common's Pond, and she found Molly's flip-flops, chair, first aid kit, radio, and lunch. It was all just sitting on the shore. But there was no sign of Molly or a sign of a struggle. Hmm.
1: Like she put the stuff there and, like...
0: Yeah. And it was just... Dis- disappeared. Yep. Weird. And, um... Police would search the surrounding woods and the pond, but they came up with nothing. And this is another statement from Maggie. Quote, it's hard for me to describe that sinking hollow feeling you have as divers are looking for your daughter, as dogs are combing the woods, and police officers are searching and interviewing people. And I almost immediately began to think that something really horrible happened.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, This actually ended up becoming the largest and most expensive search for a missing person in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah. And at this point, Molly could not
1: be found. I couldn't imagine that, like, being a mom and, like, dropping your daughter off at work, just another day of work. Yeah. And then getting a phone call from the police that she's missing. Yeah. Like, that...
0: It's scary. Has to
1: be the most gut-wrenching feeling.
0: Seriously. It's very scary to think about. Yeah. So, her family and the police were absolutely certain she had been abducted at this point mm-hmm. because where else would she be right. she was a really responsible girl as right. far as uh, the research said so um so that man that maggie had seen the day previous was not in the parking lot like the day before right right that truck that was just unloading sand for the beach was there mm-hmm. well the driver of the truck would later report that he did see the man in the parking lot just a few minutes before maggie and molly arrived mm-hmm. he matched the description and the white car
1: Mm. So, maybe he remembered what time she dropped her off and was like, I better skedaddle on out of here so she mm-hmm. do not see me, and then he came back.
0: So, later that day, another worker saw a similar white vehicle parked by the cemetery that is connected to the pond by a path. This guy's not looking good. So, police would try and use this lead as much as possible to identify Molly's abductor. Mm-hmm. They examined sex offenders in the area, but unfortunately, they found nothing. Um after Molly had disappeared her family made a website to try and get more publicity to the case and they also set up an email chain to get word out about Molly's disappearance. And over 30,000 people would receive emails about Molly's disappearance. That's crazy. Yeah. So now we're in 2001 and Maggie contacted a famous sketch artist and her name is Jean Boylan. Okay. She agreed to make a composite sketch of what Maggie thinks is Molly's abductor, at least the man that she saw in the white car. Okay. So, they ended up meeting at a bed and breakfast, and for nine hours, they chatted while Jeanne worked on the composite sketch. Okay. So, once she finished, Maggie felt that the sketch was pretty spot on for the most part. hmm But she f- said she felt like something was missing from the sketch, and she actually asked Jeanne to update the sketch with the man holding a cigarette because he was smoking he was a cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. so the next day gian updated it and maggie was certain that the composite was like spot on she's like yep that's him hmm. so in september of 2002 the case of molly bish would be aired and it was also featured on haunting evidence america's most wanted disappeared and on the case with paula zan wow in June of 2003, Molly's body was found. That's not good. A hunter had seen a blue bathing suit in the woods in late fall of 2002. So, the body was found in 2003. He found the bathing suit in 2002. So, it took him a while to get everything. hmm Okay, sorry. She was found at a place called Whiskey Hill and was five miles from her home. Wow. Yeah. And I did put a map here. I'll post the map on our socials as well. Yeah, so
1: she was found way far from... The pond. The pond.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So, DNA tests were done on the bones from the left arm and right shin, because that is all they had found at first. They were trying to gather all of the bones and things like right, that. Right, I was
1: getting ready to say it's been, like, two year, three years, mm-hmm. and so the body's probably... Already all the way decomposed yeah. or close to it.
0: So, they also compared dental records to a tooth they found. Okay. And a quote from district attorney John Conte. Um, we have uncovered other remains and they are now in the hands of our state police detectives. All of the remains were recovered within a circumference of a thousand feet. That's a, kind of a big circumference. Mm-hmm. Another quote. We believe that it was a shallow burial because all of the bones were found on the surface. Mm. And then the last quote, we have 11 people that failed a lie detector test. These leads will be put into our computer base with the help of the state police. We are going to search every single lead that we have. The body was found in Palmer, five miles from Cummins Pond. Leads us to believe that it may be a local person. Interesting. Yeah. So, no cause of death could be determined, obviously, because her body was decomposed. Yeah. Um, and they found bones lying around. You know, at that point, it's hard. Right. But the manner of death was definitely ruled a homicide. Right. Because she did not just go into those woods and, and just die. just sit and just dis- decompose. Yeah. Right. So, in 2004, Maggie and John Bish, which are Molly's parents, founded the Molly Bish Center and Foundation in collaboration with Anna Maria College. And it is an organization that is devoted to promoting child safety through education and prevention. Now we're gonna get into the persons of interest. Okay. So there are several persons of interest in this case, or okay. at least there were. So stay with me here. I'm gonna to try to make it as clear as possible. Okay. Not as confusing. So okay. first we start with the sex offender. His name was Robert Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Sorry. <laughs> not does <this> Bruno. <laughs> in two thousand seven he tried to abduct and assault a jogger in Brimfield, which is just a few miles outside of Warren. Okay. And he also matches the description, but nothing ever came of it. So, in 2009, a convicted murderer, Rodney Stranger, was named as a suspect. He had actually lived in the same area as Molly when she disappeared. Okay. And he also lived close to the YMCA, which is where Molly got her lifeguard license. Okay. And he frequented the pond and the wooded area where her body was found. Okay. And he matched the composite sketch. So, this guy's pretty, sounds pretty accurate. So, his girlfriend even claimed that he may have been involved in the murders that happened in Massachusetts before he murdered her. What? He murdered his girlfriend. And she told police before she was murdered that he may have been involved in murders that happened in Massachusetts.
1: And then she was murdered.
0: Yep. By him. Yeah. The fuck? So, in 2011, Gerald Bast- baddest tony was also named a suspect okay he was actually an informant for the eastern hampton county narcotic task force and he was also a sex offender
1: okay yeah
0: he resembled the composite sketch and also frequented the area where molly's body was found okay and his rape victim that he got charged for also lived near the pond okay He had even attempted suicide after several newspaper articles were released about him being a potential suspect in Molly and another girl, Holly's case. And we will get into that in just a second. Okay. So after Gerald was named as a suspect, private detective Dan Malley and Molly's family asked for DNA testing to be done. Um, Massachusetts state police sent DNA evidence to Texas and Gerald died. At Lumo oh. Shattuck Hospital in Jamaica Plain in November of 2014. So, so nothing 30, ever really came of that. Yeah, they
1: couldn't really do anything.
0: So the girl, Holly, that I was talking about previously, she was 10 years old and she was actually abducted and murdered seven years before Molly was. Okay. And her name was Holly Pianin. Okay. And she lived near Warren and sadly enough, Molly actually wrote her a letter, like wrote her family a letter. To after Holly's she was family. Murdered. Mm-hmm. And in the letter, Molly wrote, I am very sorry. I wish I could make it up to you. Holly is a very pretty girl. She is almost as tall as me. I wish I knew Holly. I hope they found her. Because Holly and Molly were the same age. Mm -hmm.
1: That's so weird to me Mm -hmm. that she wrote a letter to her family and then later she would be abducted and murdered.
0: Yep. And for a while, it was thought that maybe the two cases were connected, but Mm -hmm. Holly's case was actually connected to a deceased man and is still being investigated, Uh, so they're not really sure. Okay. I think at this point, they don't think the cases are connected, but... Okay. So, in June of 2016, it was announced that enhanced DNA tests would be applied to the 24 pieces of evidence that have not been tested. And in June 2017, investigators said they had found compelling information on the case. Okay. So, this information would actually lead to a campground called West Brookfield. So, allegedly, the car that was used in Molly's abduction was buried there. That's suspicious. They used ground penetrating radar on multiple areas to try and find the car. Okay. And this was a new person of interest in the case. Okay. Uh. This man, I couldn't find his name, um, had lived at the campground around the time of Molly's abduction, and he even owned a white Buick, a Saber. Mm. And I said, "Ew, no, not the Buick. That's the kind of car you drive." <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and mine's white too. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. Cute. Yours is nicer though. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> so, this was similar to the car that was spotted at the pond. Okay. Um, a witness even said that the man told them that something bad happened there and that he was in the woods all night on the night that Molly vanished. Yeah. And he also allegedly had scratches on his face, but he ended up denying any involvement in the case.
1: What? And they were just like,
0: okay. No information was ever released whether they found anything or not
1: during the search. So we don't what, know. What are these, what are these investigators? They might be keeping stuff close to the chest, bro. You, you never have a point. Know. You have a point. You don't want to release too much information. Yeah, I exactly. Get it. I get it. So they
0: might be keeping stuff close to the chest.
1: But all of these people sound like, you know, where's their alibis? I want to hear their alibis. Right. Where were you the night that she went missing? Right. That's what I want to know.
0: So in twenty nineteen, more new testing was done on the evidence in the case. Investigators are hoping that a DNA profile could be obtained for it. From it, mm-hmm. so in June of 2021, investigators identified another new person of interest. His name Francis or Frank Sumner Senior. Okay. They had actually received several tips about him over the years. Now they were able to corroborate, 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 <laughs> corroborate, and verify the information given to them in the tips they received. Okay. This is a quote from Molly and John Bish after they heard about this information. Okay. It is with grateful hearts that we extend our appreciation to the work of the Massachusetts State Police Detectives, particularly Detective Michael McDonald and Worcester District Attorney's Office, and the determination of both former DA John Conte and current DA Joe Early. To the reporters who shared Molly's story, we cannot be here today without your help. To our family and friends we are forever grateful for your love and strength supporting us over the past 21 years our hearts are heavy with our loss and the reality of what may have happened to our daughter but we are hopeful that there will be resolution and that no one else will ever be harmed we are proud of molly's legacy of keeping children safe advocating for families and we feel it is most strongly right now reflected in our community thank you to those brave people who provided tips and information to the detectives we recognize how hard and scary that can be. Our community took action on June 27, 2000, and they have not stopped supporting our search for the person responsible for hurting our Molly. You have buoyed us. When they say it takes a village to raise a child, our village in Warren, Massachusetts has carried our broken hearts and now helps us heal. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you.
1: Um, Almost we- makes you tear up. Yeah. But you said that was Molly and John. You mean Maggie and John. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. It's okay.
0: I keep getting their names mixed up. It's okay. It's Maggie, not Molly. Sorry about that. But
1: yeah, when they say it really does take a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. it really does take a village. Yeah. Um, but it's good to know that, like, their village, like, helped them throughout their hard time. For sure. So, Frank had been convicted of kidnapping
0: and raping a 21-year-old woman who went to his auto repair shop in
1: 1981.
0: Okay. He lured her to a nearby apartment and attacked her. And when the victim tried to push Frank away, he said, give it to me or I'll kill you. Yikes. So, he was convicted of aggravated rape and kidnapping in 1982 because of this. Okay. Um, he was sentenced to concurrent sentences of 15 to 18 years on the rape charge and 9 to 10 years on the kidnapping charges. But he actually received parole in 1998 what the fuck yeah this
1: was two years before molly's disappearance i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it how are they gonna give this guy parole how are they gonna let him out early on parole right when he raped and kidnapped Mm -hmm. a 21 year old yeah who just walked up to his auto shop yeah and you're just gonna be like well you know you can get out on parole, right? You'll be fine out in, literally, out in the world. I don't get it. Stupid. I, yeah, our legal system sucks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he lived in Spencer,
0: Leicester, and Worcester areas. And sorry if I butchered that. I'm not from Massachusetts, and that stuff is hard.
1: Massachusetts has some weird I know. named cities.
0: I know. So these towns aren't far from where Molly vanished. Okay. Um, And he also resembled the composite sketch. Mm -hmm. On top of that, this man, this man had more than a 20-page criminal record. What the f- He was constantly in and out of prison
1: and jail. And they didn't realize this. Like, after he was arrested the first few times, they're like, hmm, you got kind of a long record. You know, maybe you should do a little more time. Yeah, right? Just in and out, in and out, in and out
0: forget it and he died in 2016 of course he did of course so francis sumner jr is incarcerated at the london correctional institution in ohio for aggravated robbery according to records from the ohio department of rehabilitation and correction and this year in 2022 results from a dna test on frank's son proved that he was not a match So, Frank Sumner Sr. was not a match to Molly's case. Okay, okay, okay.
1: So, yes, that's that's why I paused. I yeah. was confused. Frank Sr. Mm-hmm. was the one who was in prison and had a 20-page yes. criminal record. Mm-hmm. His son- Is also in prison. Is also in prison. Okay. And, and they, they tested, tested his, his DNA. DNA. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And it said that Frank was not a match. Frank Sr. Okay, okay. Um, Molly's sister made a couple statements I would like to read. Okay. And this is after she found out that Frank Sr. was not a match. She said, quote, I know they're still searching and conducting some further tests and still looking into Frank Sumner for more information. Um, my mom in the past has often compared these feelings that we have right now to being on a roller coaster. You always have hope. Hope is an eternal blessing that I hope I never run out of, but it's disappointing. This has been a long journey. There's been a lot of errors in Molly's case. The crime scene wasn't preserved. Our local police did not know how to look for a missing person. There was some tunnel vision with Molly's boyfriend initially, and there have been lost samples in the past. And right up to learning about Mr. Sumner and his DNA not being in the coded system, there's been a lot of challenges in this case. It's very difficult to navigate, and I'm disappointed in the Worcester County District Attorney and State Police because it's hard for us to understand why they feel so strongly about this particular person without any further reasoning. I don't even get the privilege of knowing what kind of DNA tests are being done. Instead, they tell me that they can't tell me about DNA, and that's been really hard. Over this time, I've earned a doctorate degree. I just feel like there's nothing that I can do that's enough to get the information so that I can sleep at night. I've always been told by the investigators, well, they sleep at night, but the problem remains
1: is that I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't be able to tell her about the DNA, tell anybody about the DNA and what's being tested. Yeah. I mean, just because the DNA doesn't match doesn't mean he couldn't have involvement. Yeah, that's true. And it seems like they're all basing it off of the DNA, Mm -hmm. which her body was already... Decomposed. Well, that's the hard
0: evidence that they need to charge somebody. Is the DNA. Yeah.
1: But. And they have yeah. received
0: around 100 tips in the past year relating to Frank Sumner Sr. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It could just be people calling in and saying stuff that's. Right. So, who
1: even knows? I don't know.
0: I believe that there's still a $100,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest for the murder of Molly Bish. hmm So. Um. To this day, the Molly Bish Foundation has distributed over 125,000 complimentary child identification kits that contain a photograph and professional fingerprints that can be used to help locate a missing child.
1: You invest in those.
0: In addition to hosting child safety events at local schools, daycare centers, and community-sponsored events, Maggie and John established the first Missing Children's Day vigil in Massachusetts. Maggie and John are members of Team Hope, AIMCO, serve on the board of directors of Rad Kids, and have received innumerable commendations. Sorry, I don't know why that was so hard to say. But if you have any tips about the Molly Bish case, there is an anonymous tip line you can call at 508-453-7575. And don't call with random bullshit.
1: Just because you want to try and get the reward. Or
0: because you just like want that. some attention.
1: Yes, no. Only, Only real tips. If you know have any other information about this case so no one's ever been charged with the murder
0: of molly bish it's still technically unsolved but they Mm -hmm. did find her body so they could put her to rest that's but i guess put her to rest because they probably still have the bones and everything right which is sad to me yeah so
1: well hopefully her family can get closure Maybe
0: this will be one of those cases that they solve in, like, 10 years. You never know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I did the Lion Sisters case, and it was solved after, like, 40-something years. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes time. Yeah, but a lot of cases don't ever get solved, It takes new new eyes for it to look at. Yeah. Or, sorry, new eyes to look at it, look at the case. Right. Examine the evidence. Yeah. So. For sure. Well, that's all I got today. All right. Well i want to say that was a good one but it's unsolved yeah it's depressing yeah so if you guys aren't already go follow us on our socials yep and give us a rating and a review and subscribe (laughs) and i think that's everything yep thanks for listening see you guys later